I mean, it's a little hard for me to kind of, I guess, see the other side, like put myself in the shoes of someone who believed that it's a biological thing. Um, but I mean, from everything I've read and everything I've researched, I definitely believe that it's a social construct. It's something that is kind of just emphasized through societal ideas like society saying girls can't do this girls are only supposed to do this girls are supposed to you know be graceful and and quiet and obedient or whatever and hi louis here i'm glad that you're also sticking by today on shopping shoes i had the honor to speak with the athlete coach filmmaker and parkour fanatic seneca schwartz her recent TED talk has fed us with incredible food for thought, bringing up the subject of female representation on parkour. If you haven't seen this, get out of your Seneca's brain made me excited to see the upcoming generation of parkour representation. Really, I mean, listen to this and let me remind you, she is only 17. Now, I hope you enjoyed this chat because it's a meaningful one. This is Swapping Shoes with Seneca Schwartz. Hello, Seneca. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. Hi, thanks for having me. Cool. Good to, ha to have you. Before all, like, it was very good to see your TED talk. I'm very thankful yeah. to your words and to your message. I think it was very important and we need more people like you to speak out like that. Very strong. Um, but before we go into this topic, I want to know a little mm -hmm. bit about you. So where are you from? So I was born in Japan. My mom is Japanese. And right after, about like two or three years after, I moved to the U.S. and I've been living in um, New York State for basically my whole life. And I started parkour because of the show American Ninja Warrior. I don't mm -hmm. know, I'm not sure. Yeah, so American Ninja Warrior, I started watching that show. And a lot of the contestants and, yeah, a lot of the contestants were either parkour coaches or parkour practitioners. And we saw their little clips with their intro videos, and I was like, oh, I really want to do that. And then <laughs> weeks later, coincidentally, my I actually found an ad for a gym that was like, oh, do you want to be a ninja? Like, take parkour classes. So my mom signed <laughs> me up, took the classes for like four or five years, and now I'm a coach at that gym. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's been five years since you started. Yeah, I must say five or six. Not sure like the exact date, but it's been around that time, yeah. And how much do you love parkour right now? Oh, I love, I absolutely love it. I mean, in the winter, it's a little, it's a little hard to get motivated because of, you know, the snow outside. I have like, I want to say I have like a good foot of snow outside, so it's hard to go outside and train. But oh. yeah, I, I try to train as much as I can in the gym when I have free time. Hmm. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm 17. Oh, you're so young. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Yeah. No, the whole life ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Nice. And there's a question I ask uh, constantly here on Swapping Shoes. Uh, mm -hmm. But why do you love parkour? That's a good question. I think it's so individual and it's so freeing, like liberating for me um, because I get to be creative. And I'm, I think I'm a pretty creative person. I love to make mini movies with my friends. I love to write stories. I love photography. I love art. So I'm naturally a very creative person. And parkour is unlike any other sport I've ever done because it you can apply this creativity to parkour and I've done a lot of sports in my life just because I'm I think I'd consider myself a pretty athletic person I've done soccer I've done basketball softball um and so 
parkour just allows me to kind of express myself through my movement, which is kind of, I think, a thing a lot of people say very often about parkour, but it's extremely true. I mean, you just express yourself through your movement and you get to use your creativity and just um, imagination, like all these ideas kind of come, come and flow through your body. So that's why I really like the sport. Yes. I love the concept of expressing yourself through your movement because uh, usually people think that it would be some crazy image of this artistic dancey type of movement yeah and um but i think it's way more raw than that is more um yeah I you agree. can see how you express yourself through movement by your run mm -hmm. by your the way you touch the walls yes all this type of uh, this the connection that you have with yourself and with the obstacles through movement yes i think that's where the the, the expression actually really lies and i really love it yeah and it's so and like you said it's so unique for every person like the way i run up and do a kong vault or a lazy vault is so different from how you do one and i think that's where you kind of see the differences in athletes and that's a, a really special thing about the sport yeah everyone also has completely yeah. different backgrounds so there's exactly, no yeah. cat pass that is the same <laughs> for anyone yes, who exactly parkour. exactly and how was it for you to start parkour when you told your mom like Hey, mom, I want to do parkour. What did she say? Are you a crazy girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom and my dad kind of raised me without, like, gender bias or gender stereotypes. And they were both really, really open to kind of letting my sister and I try anything that we were really passionate about or interested in. So, obviously, at first, they, you know, we looked up YouTube videos like parkour. And they were like, oh, I don't know if I want you doing this. Yeah. <laughs> But it was in a gym with a coach. We learned how to be safe, we learned how to do rolls, we learned how to do basic vaults, like how to do climb ups. So they were like, okay, we'll let you try. And my mom is like me, a pretty creative person. She studied kind of art in college and stuff. So she's kind of has this idea of like in incorporating creativity into sport. And she's also very like athletic as well. So incorporating this creativity into sport is something she thought was really fascinating. And yeah, both my parents really encouraged it. So they weren't too hesitant, but yeah. So, yeah, but it's something that is, they like you said this already on your TED talk, that is really hard for parents. For, for example, for me, it was hard for my mom to accept that I took parkour as a passion that I wanted to follow for the rest of my life. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that this is like one of the main factors why there is no, so, not so many girls doing parkour because of the, the prejudice that the parents will have yeah. for the girls saying, I want to do parkour and I chose this? Yeah, I think it's definitely getting better um but if you would look back i don't know maybe 10 years ago and ask parents like oh would you rather have your daughter doing soccer or parkour or ballet dance or parkour i think they would have chosen a sport that is more well known and well developed and there are many factors to why parents don't let their kids do parkour i think one it's because it's so new another is you know the danger of it um a third one can just be like it's just male dominated straight up like there you don't really yeah. see a lot of women doing it um and so i think there are a lot of factors that affect why girls don't do it but i think in recent years it's gotten better because um i have like family friends um who now have really young kids and they all are kind of adapting the idea of raising their kids with no gender bias no stereotypes no girl clothes boy clothes no girl toys boy yeah. toys so kind of freely allowing their kid to choose what they want to do just because they're interested in doing it i see so let's 
Let's, yeah. but you, you're such a smart girl. It's incredible how you talk. Are you gonna, are you gonna be a lawyer or something? <laughs> Thank you. No, I really am interested in filmmaking. So I think I want to go to college for like film production. Yeah. I went to check some of Seneca's film work and she made this documentary called Like a Girl, a short film about girl empowerment through parkour. It's on her YouTube channel. There's the link in the description. You can check it, man. Check it out. She made it when she was 14. This girl going places. Yes, whatever you do, you're going to do great for sure. <laughs> Um, so you use a lot the term gender bias do you think that this is only a social construct? what do you mean, what do you mean exactly by social just a social construct? because I, I think it's pretty much only a social construct like girls clothes, boys clothes girls sports, boys sports right, right. I think this is like a kind of traditions and yeah. I, I, I read on a meme and I love it like <laughs> tradition is peer pressure from uh, dead people. Yeah. <laughs> I love this this idea because we keep evolving and mm -hmm. the gender bias are all always, I hope so, and to my eyes, and I think that's a generation thing also, that um, they, they are being diluted every time, more and more and more and more. Yeah. But do you think that there are girls who feel like they have this gender bias as a biological thing? Or do you think that it's only a social construct? That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, it's a little hard for me to kind of, I guess, see the other side, like put myself in the shoes of someone who believed that it's a biological thing. Um, but I mean, from everything I've read and everything I've researched, I definitely believe that it's a social construct. It's something that is kind of just emphasized through societal ideas like society saying girls can't do this girls are only supposed to do this girls are supposed to you know be graceful and and quiet and obedient or whatever and boys can do you know whatever they want they want to be rowdy or whatever and like you said that idea is improving and like you said is like diluting throughout the years that are um are like as as time moves on um but I think it's mainly so it's a social construct I mean go into a store and look into look at the clothes and look at the toy section and kind of see how people market toys and clothes to boys and girls differently and even sports, um, movies, TV, like everything in the media has to do with it. And I think that's plays into social construct rather than biological. Yeah, for sure. I guess so too. Yeah. And um, when when uh, I heard your, your TED talk, when I saw your TED talk and I read uh, Mm -hmm. Me and Kayo, we talked a lot about this and he had a lot of nice inputs and stuff. And then he made this, have you seen today, we posted an art club, um, like a carousel. Yeah. The Not story only the on story, but... Yeah, I think uh, so, yeah. We made a post with your TED talk, but summarized. Um, yeah, and, I uh, saw that. I saw that you, you put... In the res like you gave a lot of responsibility to the coaches in the parkour classes to try to change this uh, mm -hmm. this be the, the behavior in the training environment so it's more encouraging for girls to try and start um, but do you yeah. think that the coaches nowadays in the parkour community are not already aware of these differences and they are trying to make it better I think when it comes to coaches, it's something that can slip your mind really easily. I'm a coach, and whenever I have students in my class, I constantly try to remind myself to think of how I should approach teaching and how I should approach interacting with students, how I should approach 
um, encouragement and all of that. And so I think it's something that can kind of go in one year and out the other year really quickly. Um, but I definitely think that more people are becoming aware of this idea and aware of um, more inclusive coaching and inclusive ways to coach and how we approach coaching when it comes to um, having like co-ed classes, so boys and girls in the sport. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely improving. Again, I'm in a, I work at a gym, which is kind of a little, I, I guess you could say isolated from the rest of the parkour community, just because, you know, it's in the suburbs of New York state up like an hour away from the city. And it's a gymnastics gym with a parkour program. So it's not a parkour gym. And mm -hmm. there's not many girls who come in. Um, but I mean, if I look at my friend who lives in Boston, she, her gym recently added um, a girls only class. So I definitely think in even around the world in like Europe and places, I definitely think people are kind of becoming more inclusive when it comes to coaching girls. Do you think that girls only classes are good tools to inclusion? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good starting point. Um, I think it's a good starting point for girls who've never tried the sport, who are kind of nervous about getting used to what training training for parkour is like. Because, I mean, I remember when I was thrown into a class with like 12 other guys, I was scared to do even the most basic things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I really didn't want to fail in front of them. I thought that was going to be super embarrassing for me. So I think, I mean, obviously it could have had to do with things other than them being guys and me being a girl. Um, maybe age difference could have been a factor, but I think having, yeah, yeah exactly. I think great. having girls your age who are also new at the sport, who are also, who are all, all are in just like one class can really help with um, like self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You feel more comfortable too, right? There's like less of this uh, extra pressure of the gender difference. Yeah. How, like you now, you have um, experience coaching and being coached. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, I want, I would love to learn it, me as a coach. Mm -hmm. What are, like, these subtle actions or like, attitudes that the coach uh, does that probably, and hopefully, it's always, like, kind of subconscious mm -hmm. that are disencouraging girls on taking more risks on training and taking part of... of, of challenges or training i think it really just comes down to basic encouragement and motivation um and also if you're a male coach coaching you know young girls or whatever i think giving them a role model um to kind of for them to kind of look up to can be a good idea so maybe hinting that oh maybe go home and look up um katie mcdonald or sydney olsen on youtube and check out her videos because she's a pro athlete um, in the sport that you're doing right now. And I think going back to what I said before, it really just comes down to inclusivity and motivation and motivating, motivating them, sorry. And I guess like, I said this in my TED talk as well, but approaching instruction as if there are no differences. So you don't want to be straight up like, oh, you're a girl, I'm going to coach you this yeah, way. Exactly. Um, you're a boy, I'm going to coach you this way. That's not going to help anyone, even if maybe people think that will. Um, you really just want to go about it like any other student, but just be aware of the fact that they are the minority in the class. Cool. 
yeah. yeah sometimes like i imagine that is it is scary because i i i think this way and i don't know if i'm ashamed of <laughs> maybe i am a little bit i tend to struggle on finding the balance between uh, giving cor like encouraging and motivating someone or giving too much like mm. on a way that the person yeah. feel like you're treating me special because i'm a minority yeah so do you know yeah this? no i i definitely feel that and that's something that's something i struggle with too even as a coach myself like the other day um a girl came into my class and she was new it was like her trial run and i found myself like really encouraging her and i think a part of me can't help it because we barely get new girls in our class so i was like oh i want to like give her the best advice and i want to make sure that she feels comfortable and welcome here so i definitely understand your point um and that might have been because she was new and she didn't have experience with parkour but there definitely is a fine there's a fine line or there's a balance between too much motivation and encouragement and kind of just like special attention mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that we all kind of have to figure out on our own and something that we got to figure out yeah and it's also it's very individual right from one uh, student to the other one exactly it's uh, about communication exactly um would you take it wrong or you would you feel weird if I, I ask you as a coach, me and I go and ask you, do you need like a help? Do you want me to spend more time uh, here? Like, I don't know. Like, what is, do you think is the ideal communication between coach and not only girl here right now? Let's talk in a generalized mm -hmm. sense or yeah. to someone that has less coordination um, or struggles to, to learn technique. Do you think the, the, there is a communication skill that can be learned from your experience? I definitely think there, like, like you said, communication is a huge, huge part of it. And I think as time goes on, you can kind of feel what what's what's good with certain students when you're trying to teach them something and other students, uh, maybe students who learn really quickly and students who really take time. And myself i've only been coaching i've been coaching for like less than a year so i'm really you know still new mm -hmm. to all of this and learning all of this um but i think starting with a question maybe like oh do you want more help on this or like where do you think um or what do you want to work on or what do you think your weaknesses are can kind of help the student reflect on what their skill set is and be like oh i want help on this and this and this instead of us going like oh you need to do this because you're you're bad at that yeah. so i think leaving it up to the student is really powerful and important. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to coach someone, um, coach a student, you kind of go that route, I believe. Right. Uh, changing optic a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. You as a girl athlete, mm -hmm. what would you tell to your uh, your mates, your friends, the, the girls who are studying right now? How can they be stronger against all this boy behaviors and instagram harassment and the fear of you know of training a group that is male uh, predominant yeah. what are your tips i think i think camilla said this i think when you reposted on the story um but one thing she said was like don't take it too personally um which i thought was an interesting perspective i've always had trouble with like taking stuff too personally and this whole idea of like oh it's a joke don't don't take it personally or whatever um but i mean other than that really try to speak up when you can i mean you fight mm -hmm. um 
injustice, I would say, or like intolerance by kind of speaking up about it and um, kind of bringing attention to the fact that something might not be, you know, might not be right. And so if you find yourself in a situation where you don't feel comfortable, maybe reach out to people and kind of always just remind yourself, like, you are not the only person going through this. You know, there are a bunch yes. of other people who go through this. And we're all here to support one another. And in the end, we do this sport because we love it. And everyone in this community wants to make this community better. And so everyone really has the goal of trying to improve themselves. So you kind of also have to go about it with empathy, even... I talked about this in my TED talk um, from kind of like a male point of view, like going about a situation and being more empathetic toward female athletes. But I think it goes the same for anyone, everyone, like anyone training in an environment should be more em empathetic and kind of understanding of what others are going through. Because once you realize um, maybe what you're going through, it'll be easier for what mm -hmm. it'll be easier for you to mm -hmm. understand what others are going through. Seneca for president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I sent you the text of uh, Flame. How did you like it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I read it. That was really, really interesting. I think that was a really interesting point of view. I have it up right now. But um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that he kind of says here. And I definitely agree with I'm, tr I'm just rereading it. Like, um, I, I love him. I love like Flame. the I difference. His brain is transcending uh, <laughs> humanity. Uh, and is like yeah. a, is a yeah is a point in this whole subject that I never thought about, and I was really surprised about. Yeah, me neither. Like, it, it is true. We focus on parkour in only this typical, uh, what is the mm -hmm. craziest jump? What is the thing that causes the most impact into yeah. to our eyes? But we never really give value to mm -hmm. the feelings and the expression. Going back to the the beginning of our talk, the, the expression that yeah. someone puts into their movement. And I, I really like the idea of us trying to work more towards um, seeing movement more as an expression, as an expressive way. So do you think that it, it is possible that one day we can translate this um, different type of women lifestyle mm -hmm. into movement i think so and i think it's already kind of happening because i'm looking at posts of well-known parkour athletes that kind of take on this perspective um i guess this feminine view but i mean i'm not too familiar i'm reading what flynn said and i'm not too I, I guess it was kind of s such a subtle thing that i didn't even realize it but it does really make sense and going back to the thing um, where you said, and where he said about like doing stuff to get the biggest reaction. I think people will always have that mindset as long as social media is around. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, kind of a little sad because like I said before, we do this, we, I mean, I hope like people do this sport because they love it and, inst um, and don't do it because they want the biggest views and want a sponsorship or want money for it. I mean, I totally understand if someone starts to do this and gets a following and decides to make profit off of this, but your inner reasoning or your inner passion should be because you're passionate about it or because you're, because yes, you nice. feel a love for it. And so kind of going off like 
wanting to do the biggest jump for the biggest reaction, I feel like that will always continue if there's social media um, and likes and views and followers or subscribers or whatnot. Um, let's see. It will always be there for sure. This uh, yes, the yeah. reaction that the whole world will have on movement will be pretty much based on what is more impressive and what is not. But I think that is something that we can also focus on is using more this uh, the intrinsic humanity in each one of mm -hmm. us to to communicate better. You know, so yeah. I think that when when women speak out about their vulnerabilities on training on a place that they don't feel comfortable uh, right we are working uh, for a cause of like it will create also a nice impact not only because of the the, the topic of girls doing mm -hmm. parkour but of mm -hmm. the topic of feelings it could happen the yeah. same way to men like a, a guy says yeah, of oh, i would love to do that jump but i was feeling so uncomfortable because everyone was so much better than me but like this communication i think it's something this vulnerability is something that can really make the sport grow in a way because we're going to be working not only on the physical challenges but also on the mental challenges. On the, the mental aspects. Yeah, that's something I wanted to emphasize that I wasn't quite able to do in my TED Talk was that, you know, the, vulnerab the vulnerabilities or, like, the insecurities that parkour athletes feel don't only apply to women. Like, men feel them, men yeah. feel them too. And I think that's a really important thing that's overlooked um, because when people associate um, kind of, like, feminism or women empowerment, they always think or many people think that it's, like, ignoring the male view. Um, but, I mean, it's equally as important to understand what men are feeling and what men are kind of going through mentally when they are doing the sport, I mean, in general. Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. So we have this bit. It's okay. called Tic Tac. I'll give you two options. Okay. You pick one of them. I'm going to give you two options, and you pick one of them okay. as you like. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I think so. <laughs> So, coffee or tea? Tea. Front flip or back flip? Back flip. Lazy vaults or cat pass? Lazy vault. Walls or rails? Walls, for sure. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Gymnastics or martial arts? Martial arts. Now, two difficult ones, maybe, for your generation. <laughs> David Bell or Sebastian Fulcan? I'm going to say David Bell. Daniel Ilabaka or Oleg Vorslav? Hmm, I'm gonna go with the first one because I forgot how to pronounce his name. I've, I've heard both of them. I know like, exactly like you said, hard for my generation. I've heard their names. I just, you know, haven't gotten used to the pronunciation. I've just heard it on Ilabaka. Okay. Ilabaka. Yeah, Danny, Danny. I see, I see. That's how people call him. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend. Uh, I, I think I talked too much about him on, on Swapping Shoes. Every episode, there is like at least yeah, 30 seconds talking him. about Danny. Yeah. <laughs> He's, um, uh, I think it's also part of the mm -hmm. communication that we need to work, is to create parkour as a whole culture. Yeah, is also and I to think... go back to the past yeah. and tell them who created the sport. And Daniel Labaka, I think he has more contributions than David Bell or Sebastian. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I definitely want to do, just kind of go back in the history. I've seen YouTube videos that kind of like analyze the history of parkour and where it came from, but I definitely should should brush yeah. up my knowledge and on that. 
How about the girls' history? You as a, a girl, pers perspective, different generation, completely different to mm -hmm. mine. I'm an old man. I'm almost double your age. <laughs> and in Europe, what is what is the, the like the your role models as a girl right now? Yeah. So, I mean, currently, I want to say Elise Bickley. I'm good friends with her, and she just inspires me every day. Her movement is so sick. Um, and Sydney Olson, Camilla, um, I mean, really everyone. Like, they're all these <laughs> females are just so badass. They're just out there doing their thing, <laughs> and they're finding their style and finding their voice through parkour. But I started parkour. Um, I started parkour, and my, I guess my first female role model was Lucy Romberg. Like I said in my TED mm -hmm. Talk, she was the yeah. first. I think she was in, like, a Jason paul vlog or some farang vlog when they went to california and i was like i've never seen a woman do parkour before like that is so cool and i guess like yeah she was probably my first role model like female athlete role model um but i mean i guess you could ask women who are older than me because i have i know people who are like 25 26 women who do parkour so their you know role models may be completely mm -hmm. different than mine but yeah, 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 no, yeah. yeah good names and lucy i think lucy was maybe the first really high level girl yeah she, yeah she was really good like 10 years ago already mm -hmm. i don't know how yeah, she's doing was now like... but she was really good really good and she's such a nice human yeah she's awesome human yeah she's 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 kind of like retired out of the parkour the parkour field but she's definitely still involved with like stunts and stuff i've talked to i've talked to her over like email to just for my research and stuff and she's the sweetest yeah, person she's ever really cool and yeah. what are your plans for the future, near future right now? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I really want to go compete at NAPC. Um, and mm -hmm. I want to meet up with um, Rachel and Elise and just kind of, you know, travel and travel and do parkour. Um, and hopefully COVID isn't still around during the summer. So if it isn't, then I like to kind of, you know, find new spots, travel with my friends and continue, you know, empowering women athletes and female athletes and young girls and motivating them and encouraging them to step out of their comfort zone and take new risks. Cool. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. You have to come here and train with Camila. You know, she's, she's my, yeah. my buddy. Like we live That's two awesome. blocks That's away so cool. and we always, Oh, yeah. really? That is <laughs> yeah. so cool. And she's awesome. She's yeah, such she's a nice awesome. human. I really love her. She yeah. calls me uncle Luis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah. when you whenever you come to europe i'm pre pretty sure that she's going to be very happy to train with you because she's always excited about training <laughs> so this is yeah be fun. yeah even even in the vlogs like in even in the modus vlogs, she's always so so excited just to move and i think that's really inspirational it gets me want to get going outside and cool. train nice do you have any last message you want yeah. to leave for the girls out there I mean... Or the community, not only girls, come on. You can say to anyone you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to everyone, just move forward with empathy and think of other people and be kind and kind of think about how you can make this community you love better and improve toward that goal. Nice. Awesome. Seneca, thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Of course. Yeah, can't wait to thank put you, it out Luis. there. I'm excited. Bye. Bye, Say everyone. Cool. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of Swapping Shoes. Don't forget to follow Seneca on Instagram. Um, the link is also in the description. Check out her documentary and TED Talk. 
and um, follow We Arch Club if you haven't yet. But if you didn't, where are you doing, man? Really, come on. Alright, bye bye. And alright.